I knew a few Heathers, now I know a lot of Heathers. Let's get to know one more. Hey, Heather. Welcome to the Hey Heather podcast, where I attempt to interview and get to know as many of the world's Heathers and their stories as humanly possible. I'm your host, Heather Edwards. Today's Heather comes to us from Queens, New York. She's a Broadway producer parenting a one-year-old. She's working hard at pivoting to digital producing and planning for the day when live theater returns. Please welcome to the show, Heather Shields. Hey, Heather. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to you. I've been loving the the show. It's been great. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a really fun project. I've never talked to so many Heathers, for one, but just people in general, you know, over the last month or so, um, doing these interviews several a day. It's been so cool to meet so many new people from around the world that happen to be named Heather. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's a fun, not not necessarily self-selecting, but I guess it sort of is a self-selecting way of like, here's how I'm just going to pick a very wide sloth of, of random people right. to talk to. Um, and uh, it's been really interesting. I've listened to a handful of them and uh, there's some that I'm just like, that is not my experience. Right. <laughs> and then there's people like, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, like I've been saying it's, we're all so extremely different and unique, but we're also very connected in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, which is cool to discover. <laughs> So my big ugly Heather secret is I like didn't I, there was a time that I don't really that I didn't really like being a Heather. Okay. Um, like to the point that I thought about going by my middle name, which is Eve. And I never really it was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because I didn't identify with the, what I thought a Heather was supposed to be. What did you think a Heather was supposed to be? Blonde and bubbly and like I had a very like 80s cliche feathered hair, Heather, Heather Locklear, Heather Locklear, Heather Locklear yep. <laughs> in my mind. Um, and I just didn't identify with that. But listening to this, I mean, and this is long ago. And it was definitely reinforced by the fact that no matter what, wherever I was, people, if they just met me, they would call me Rachel or Jill or Erica or Robin. My mom's name is Robin, but even people who didn't know my mom, like they would just call me these other names. That's strange. Because they didn't, I, Heather didn't, I just felt like Heather didn't match the person that I was. Huh. And I feel like in the past couple of years, I've definitely grown into the Heather that I was meant to be or has grown, has suited me more. But listening to the podcast the past couple of days and hearing just the really wide variety of, of women has you know, really reinforced to me that I am exactly the the name and the person that I'm supposed to be. Yeah, anybody can be a Heather. And that's the interesting thing, right? Like on Instagram, our following is growing, which has been great. And it's turned into this like club almost like I'm a Heather, I'm a Heather, but it's it could be anybody. It could be any name. You know, it's like Heathers are great, but so are Rachel's and Jill's and (laughs) Jessica's and Jennifer's. This could be about anybody, but it just happens to be my name, which is why I picked it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Was that that was just you were like, I want to do a podcast and I'm going to. It all started from a random late night conversation with my husband where we were just talking about how common our names are. Me being a Heather, his name being Jason, and our last name being Edwards. So I just started like Googling. I'm like, well, I wonder how many Heathers there are in the world. And according to Google, it says there's half a million people named Heather in the US alone. And I was like, holy crap, I didn't think there were that many. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool to learn some of their stories? 
So it just got me thinking. And I was like, I wonder if anybody else would be interested in hearing stories of people named Heather. And I just kind of tested the waters out on Instagram and the response was overwhelming. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're really, you're really great with graphic design though and oh, everything you. and your prompts. I like, I wondered if you had, do you have a background in social media and marketing? Not so to speak. I've been in the tech startup industry for the last 15 years in a variety mm -hmm. of different roles, sales, some marketing, not too much, um, management, recruitment. I've always been just really crafty and creative. I use Canva, which is a huge help. They have templates and everyone's been telling me about that. I got to get into Canva. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's it's helped tremendously with coming up with those um, those posts. But it's just been really fun just asking the most basic question like, hey, what color are your eyes? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I'd love to tell you. I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah, like people like being asked about themselves. Yeah. Um, when you Googled did you look, are there other Heather Edwards out there? There've got to be. Yeah, there's definitely other Heather Edwards. There's a, a couple of other Heather, there's a, a Scottish textile designer. There's, um, uh, I thought she was a Canadian real estate agent, but she might've moved to Maine because I was Googling her earlier today mm -hmm. and now it says Maine. Um, and I know about her because when Gmail first came out, she got Heather Shields Aww. at Gmail before I could. Yep. <laughs> It's funny. I've heard a lot of stories about Gmail and email from other Heathers, how they were really? either very lucky to get their name, you know, first mm -hmm. and last, or just like you just said, somebody else got it before me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this really, and then there's a, like, there's a, a doctor in, uh, in Georgia, there's a bunch, there's a bunch. And it's, um, it's funny. It's, a, I feel like my name is very Scottish Irish and I definitely have that on my dad's side of the family, but I'm, I'm Jewish from my mom's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, maybe that's part of like the disconnect that I had about like my name and my identity mm -hmm. because I was, I identified as, you know, this nice Jewish girl who had like the waspiest name. <laughs> but then I don't know if you know the show, The Last Five Years. Um, I don't know if you know theater very much, but there's this mm -hmm. teeny tiny little musical called The Last Five Years. And there's this song called Chicksa Goddess um, about like this Jewish kid who's dating all these Jewish girls. And he lists out these names of all these Jewish girls. And one of them's name was Heather. Really? It told me that it's okay to be a Jewish Heather. Yes, I have to check that out. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because you know what? Sorry, I feel like I'm talking your face off. But no, this is what I want. I love it. Um, did you ever think about how like, you know, like Heathers don't have a lot of songs out? I think you have a post actually now that I think about it on Instagram about how like there's not a lot of songs about Heathers. There's like a Counting Crow songs in which he talks about the fields of Heather. Right. But he doesn't. There's no like. I know. I've been looking up like lyrics lately, yeah. looking for Heather, and it's always in reference to the flower or the color. Yeah. But then one of my, you're right, um, latest post on Instagram was Conan Gray just came out with a song that's actually called Heather. Oh, okay. I did see that. Okay. That has gone viral. Yes, it's gone viral. And the the lyrics are like, I wish I was Heather. It's just like everyone wishing that they were named Heather. So I'm like, hmm, maybe between Conan Gray and this podcast, we can bring back the popularity of the name because nobody's naming their kid Heather anymore, right? We're like extinct. Ready? We were at my husband and I went, took my daughter to a park a couple of oh weeks ago and um, it was down in South Jersey where I'm originally from I'm coming to you right now from uh, from Queens, New York. But um, somebody's like yelling out, Heather, don't do that. Heather, don't do that. And I was like, what were they doing? And it was the little girl and she was like eight years old, maybe nine at the most. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, That's the youngest Heather in the wild story that I've heard. I couldn't believe it. And I was like telling my husband and my husband's name is Steve. So it's a similar situation, just like a really common name. And um, 
I was telling him and he was just like, well, names are cyclical. And I was like, this is before you like had that, that post about, um, about how it's like had the highest highs and the lowest lows. I just don't think the Heather is going to make a comeback anytime soon. And I said, I was like, no, it's just something, there's something about it. Like it's a really, really like stuck in its era kind of name. I just don't see it happening. But I, but that day I had this like little glimmer of, of hope that there's going to be a generation of little Heathers running yes. around someday. Little Heathers. That was like one of my posts. I was like, where are the little Heathers? And you yeah. found one. You actually saw one. I, That's saw, great. I like, was making kind of a big face like about it, hoping that like the parents would you know, talk to me, but I right, yeah. just ended up standing there looking like a total weirdo in a playground. It's like a Bigfoot sighting. You're just like, oh my gosh, a Heather in the wild. And she's like, oh, it's like a baby Heather. That's so cool. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. Um, and I was, I was happy about that. So yeah, this has been, these have been going well for you, obviously. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. All of the Heathers have been great. Um, mm -hmm. We've had some of the craziest stories. Well, you you know, because you've listened to some of the episodes, but it's just like, wow, Arctic expeditions and bank robberies and artists. And it's so entertaining. I know it definitely, it's entertaining. It's really cool, but it's also like a, oh, I don't have this much to talk about. <laughs> oh, please. You so let's talk about you. You're a Broadway producer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that like? How long have you been doing that? So um, I started produce. I mean, I've been I've probably been producing my whole life, right? Like, you know, the puppet shows in the backyard kind of Those thing. totally count. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reaching back and like re uh, contextualizing every bossy thing I ever did in my life and being like, I was just being a producer. <laughs> But I formally started producing in around 2011. And that's when I realized there was a name for what I was doing. And so I went to grad school to learn how to try to do it properly. Um, I thought I would go and run like a nonprofit theater company. But the call of Broadway just, you know, beckons. And um, uh, I started working in Broadway producing offices around that time. And um, I got my first credit in 2017 with a musical called Bandstand, which was about uh, World War II veterans returning and kind of finding healing through music and they enter a song contest. So it's kind of got that like Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney, let's put on a, let's put on a show feel. Cool. Yeah. But, um, but very much like with the gaze of us understanding what PTSD is these days. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of work with veterans groups and, um, and we had live on state musicians on stage. Uh, the actors played their own music. Oh, very cool. That was really cool. And then um, my I've worked on a bunch of other things, but my only other my other Broadway credit is A Christmas Carol, Aww. which we brought over from London last year. And it's supposed to be back this year. It's not going to be, unfortunately, but we'll be back the next year. Campbell Scott was our Scrooge. Oh, it's wow. just a really beautiful production. And we worked with um, an organization called Hearts of Gold that worked to help mothers and children transition out of the New York City homeless system um, and, and provided for things like a lot of homeless children can't go to school because they literally don't have, like during the wintertime, because they literally don't have a winter jacket to leave from point A to point B. And so just trying to like meet those very basic needs uh, on a micro level. So all of my large scale uh, Broadway producing has an aspect of charity or social or activism involved in it. Very cool. And I think that's an important balance to strike in a highly commercialized industry. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I, I general manage, which is like 
kind of like understanding like the the business aspects of of how to produce you know the budgets and payroll and contracts and all of that and um it's a really interesting industry it's going through a really difficult time right now yeah you know right now the current official line is that we'll be we'll be back at the earliest june of 2021 i don't think it's going to be back until fall at the earliest unfortunately mm -hmm. and it's just really tough because you know like I've been managing to keep my head above water by pivoting in every different direction and working seven jobs um, and digital producing and, and teaching. I'm watching all of my creative friends move out of New York, you know. Football's back. So what's stopping theater for, from coming back? Well, football's not back live in person. And there are certain, I guess you could say that there are people who really only want to experience football live. Yeah. I just saw like they can have like a 10% capacity in stadiums. So, oh, yeah. Well, theater, the economic model, I mean, we could talk for so long. The economic model of, of theater won't allow for that. Um, the average Broadway show, only one out of every five Broadway shows ends up recouping its, its money. So gotcha. one out of every five ends up making anything for their investors. And it just goes to speak about the very, very slim margins. Most shows have to be at like an eight, let's say an 80% capacity minimum Shit. in order to just break <laughs> even for that given week. Yeah. So there's just no, there's 18 unions that work on Broadway. It's a highly, it's not just like um, you're paying a lot in rent and advertising, which are expensive, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's, it's people. Broadway contributed in 2019, 14 billion dollars to the to the local economy, wow. and that's all. That's in people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. There's some like advertisements in the New York Times, but even that goes towards paying salaries of people who work at the New York Times. But like, we're talking about like the security guards at the theaters. We're talking about the ushers, the actors on stage, the carpenters that work there, the people that. Uh, play in the pits, the rest, wow. the bartenders in the, in not just in the theaters, mm -hmm. but in the restaurants around it. So um, Broadway brings in a lot of money, but it immediately puts it back out there into the economy and, and into like real people, real middle-class people's pockets. And I feel like, I'm sorry, I don't mean. No, this is really interesting. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> a lot of people don't like, it seems like this, it's this glamorous thing. It's, um, you know, we talk about a lot when we're in marketing and advertising meetings about how it's a luxury product. And it is, mm -hmm. you know, you're spending $150 to go see something for two hours. But the truth of the matter is, is it's a luxury product that supports an ecosystem full of regular everyday middle-class people that are also happen to live in New York City, which is the most expensive place to live. Right. So football's back. I'm personally very happy about that. The only person who could have a conversation with you about the economics of Broadway and about football at the same time. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, I'm thrilled about that. But the truth is, is that like live in-person entertainment cannot sustain, uh, cannot work with the uh, economically with the capacity issues and then I'm not even getting into the whole like, well, how is someone going to do a dance and kiss someone on stage right now? Right. Safely. Like this. Blow it across the stage. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's hard. I'm trying to keep my I'm I'm trying to keep my head up. And like I said, I, I've been producing digital theater. What is that? You know, it's it's Zoom readings of plays sometimes. It's um but it's not really all that much different than digital content would have been a year ago. 
the status of the arts right now is uh, a little depressing, but it's also sparking so much creativity, right? Because like you said, the digital stuff you're doing, there's so many people that are now either this is their moment where they feel like they've been given permission to like try new things or they're just kind of forced to do it, right? Because it's like, I got to pay my bills. <laughs> yeah. Or they have they have new time and this is mm-hmm. something they had thought about doing and yep. now they have the the luxury of getting to try it now. I mean, I wouldn't have wished this moment in world history on anybody, (laughs) but there are these, I think it's important to look at these silver linings that we have, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it means I've got extra time to do this. I'm not, I'm not spending a ton of time commuting in and out of the city. I'm not seeing, you know, being a theater producer, I would, my office is open from 10 to six Mm -hmm. and I'm at shows most, most nights. Um, And I have a 15 month old daughter and getting to spend the past seven and a half months at home with her has been such a blessing. And I think all the time about like, oh my God, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been here for bedtime for the past seven and a half months. Yeah. And it makes you, I'm very lucky in that I work in a small office. I have a lot of autonomy with my boss and um, independence in terms of like when I'm working and when I'm not, but not everybody has that. And I've just been thinking a lot about when things get back to whatever normal is going to be. Right. What is that going to look like? Yeah. Will you want to go back to that? Yeah. I I love, I just love theater. I love theater makers. I love, it's a, it's a very small community, really, ultimately. Um, but there's just so much joy in it. And I think that, I think there's going to be a lot of pent up need to get back to it. And because we're going to be the very, very, very last thing that gets to come back, I mean, I, I think that we're going to get to see how a lot of other people do it first right. and learn from their mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and people people will be used to going back to some sort of normal, like kids will theoretically be back in school completely, you know, they'll be going to the movie theaters and stuff uh, before they can. And then so that I think that floodgates are just going to open when it comes time for Broadway and and all theaters to reopen and. I, for an industry that I think is, was sort of dancing for the past couple of decades on relevancy, Broadway is is relevant, at least for the tourists, no matter what. But I think like a lot of small theaters and regional theaters, you know, your local playhouse, I think kind of has to, was constantly having to justify their existence, especially in a Netflix and whatever entertainment is completely at the touch of your hand at any time point of view. And I think that in, I'm, I'm hoping that a few years from now, when we look back on this time, we look at it as a time that really showed us what theater brings to, uh, to the table in terms of like a society's relevance and culture and storytelling capabilities. It's just, it's a reflection on the society we live in. That said, I never want to see another COVID play. I never want to see like another, another movie where that takes all place over FaceTime. I don't want to see it. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's my thing. Um, I love it. and that's what I do. And obviously I'm very passionate about it all. <laughs> do you know why you were named Heather? So in Judaism, you are named after someone who's deceased and it just has to be the first letter. So my great grandmother, Helen had died about a year before I was born. Um, so they had to pick an H name and they thought Heather sounded nice uh, really pretty. Um, but they thought I was a boy until the minute that I was born. Really? So I was supposed to be named Tanner, which is my little brother's name. And my little sister's name is Meryl. So my parents like really liked sort of not like 
out there names necessarily, but just not the most common ones. Mm -hmm. But Heather is a kind of that's especially in 1985 was really common. Yeah. And um, I actually so I've known all this forever, but I but in preparation for today, I did ask my mom about it. And she goes, Oh, and I just always loved the flower. And I was like, Well, I mean, like, it's sort of a flower, but it's more of a shrub. And she's like, No, it's so pretty. It's a it's a flower. It's a it's a what did she call it? Like a blanket flower or something. I was like, that's a pretty way to say shrub mom. <laughs> so I'm a yeah, I'm a, I'm a ground covering. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And uh, she said, well, you know, that was their the compromise name uh, between them because my dad really liked uh, not the most the most common name. Um, But Heather was pretty was probably pretty common in 1985. I got to think. Yeah, I was born in 82. Mm -hmm. I guess it just it strikes me as such an 80s name. But I guess like all the 70s babies were like real humans in the 80s. So that's why. (laughs) Have you, uh, this might sound like a silly question, but have you seen Heathers? So I've seen it. I don't think I've watched it like beginning to end. I've seen pieces of it. Oh, good. Same exact thing. Maybe there's like this delineation between the 70s Heathers and the 80s Heathers. Heathers either love it or they hate it. I need to rewatch it because I'm going to keep getting that question. I need to do my research for <laughs> for for the show. But yeah, it's some Heathers hate it and they're like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that movie. And then like Heather Brooker said it's one of her all time favorite movies and she loves it. Yeah, you should do like a live podcasting, a viewing of, of Heathers. I think I should do that. Yeah, that would be fun. Well, this is great. Of course, I bought you a cup of coffee earlier today. Oh, that see, that was you. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. I had never seen that um, that website before. It's really cool. I just kind of stumbled upon it. I guess the idea is, and I just liked it because I have people, at, especially like people ask me all the time, you know, like, oh, can I pick your brain? I'll buy you a cup of coffee. And um, it's part of the reason I started like this educational company with some other, those other early career producers I was telling you about, mm-hmm. like, because we were just so sick of like having the same conversations over and over and like spending hours and hours and not getting any compensation for it. Yeah. But, um, I was like, I just kind of want to add that button to my life. You should, <laughs> you should. Yeah. You can put it like anywhere. It's great. I didn't know really what at first I thought I was literally buying you a cup of coffee. And I thought that was really <laughs> cool. Like I thought you were just like a really big coffee drinker. Well, I am. It probably will be used for coffee. Good. I'll I'll definitely uh contribute again because this is great and I know how much work goes into it. So Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And you should add that button. You'll get I cups will. of coffee too. I, I, will. I will. Thanks for having me and um uh I wish you all the best. Thanks. Yeah, we will definitely keep in touch now and we'll talk again soon. I hope so. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Bye, Heather. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. You can also sign up to receive updates and other podcast news on our website, theheyheatherpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at theheyheatherpodcast. I knew a few Heathers. Now I know a lot of Heathers. Let's get to know one more. Hey, Heather.